I'm Daniel, the Past Life Regressionist, and it's time to begin. This is Timeless Spirituality. Welcome back to Timeless Spirituality. I'm Daniel, the Past Life Regressionist, and today's episode is a juicy one. Now, why is it juicy, Daniel? Well, let me tell you, Daniel. That's me talking to myself again. We haven't seen that one since episode number one. So I'll tell you why it's juicy. It's vivid, it's visual, there's some nail biting, and dun-da-da-dun, I show up in this one. This is one of those past life regression experiences where I show up. However, it's in a different role. Not a stereotypical one, well, not stereotypical for me, but maybe just throughout time. So it's one of those, yeah, I guess I did that one. Yeah, that's kind of how it is. So I would like to just thank my friend Danny Wright from That Witch Podcast for sharing her past life experience, and I hope you guys enjoy it. With that said, if you would like to book a regression to discover who, when, and where you have been throughout time, you can reach me on Instagram at The Past Life Regressionist or my website, thepastliferegressionist.com. So I guess that means... That is time to begin. Danny, welcome to Timeless Spirituality. Hey, Danny. Hi, Daniel. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So, Danny, from That Witch Podcast, my first question for you. I'm really excited to ask this one. It's the first time I'm asking this on the podcast. <laughs> Are you a good witch? Or are you a bad witch? <laughs> Both always, through and through. Cool. Oh. Okay, mm -hmm. <laughs> next question. What is your favorite song that has to do with time and why? What is my favorite song that has to do with time and why? Instantly, intuitively, and instinctively, I get Landslide, Fleetwood Mac, Stevie Nicks. Landslide is a coming of age song and it is about how we transform and how we look at and sit with our past and our actions, how that reflects to our right now and obviously ripples out into the future. Um, I'm also a very stereotypical witch who enjoys Fleetwood Mac, but <laughs> uh, no, that song really does. It's one of those that I could listen to it a hundred times a day and it would probably still bring me to tears every time. I'm like never desensitized by it because I just relate to and resonate with seasons of life so, so deeply. That makes sense what being a witch. Yeah. <laughs> I love that answer because, well, you know me, Aquarius Rising. Mm -hmm. It's very unconventional. I've had a couple of unconventional answers and I love them. I mean, of course, I like the conventional ones too because everyone has a song that's meaningful to them. But you're True. totally right. It's the theme that's there. So mm -hmm. thank you so much for sharing that. 
Yeah, of course. That was a good question. I love that question. I wish that I could claim credit for it. However, it came from one of my clients. Her name is Z. So, yay! Thank you, yay, Z. Z. Also, I appreciate your honesty and not taking credit for it. Well, it's karma, you know. <laughs> yeah, you have that that past life uh, perception or perspective. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll want to link up with Z in another life, but just to play basketball or something, I don't want to yeah, yeah. repay anything. I mean, Z's yeah. awesome. Yeah, you get the gist. It's just yeah, you pay it forward. You know how to yeah. Yeah, and it's also just about doing the right thing. <laughs> so well, exactly. That's what pay it forward is to me. I love that because you know it's gonna ripple out into good. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope so. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Who is Danny? <laughs> I'm Danny. <laughs> Who's Danny? Danny, Danny, who am I really? No, um, I'm Danny. I'm that witch next door. And as I say on my podcast, I'm your host, your guide, mentor, and instructor in all things magic, witchcraft, astrology, and witchy business. So I mentor really amazing clients that are ready to bring their life into alignment through practices like witchcraft, spirituality, astrology, and really truly use those to unlock their own fullest potential. Um, true manifestation, true spell work and witchcraft to me is in its purest form living in alignment. That's, that's what that is to me. It's not what it's been really watered down to, unfortunately, which is, you know, you want something, so you do a spell and you get it. That's, that's not what true manifestation is. And so in my work, um, in my content, on my show, everything, I specifically work to really break down those notions and um, connotations. And in a lot of ways, I help us kind of reprogram on a mindset level so that we are acting out of authentic alignment with every thought and every movement. I like that. Thanks. I think it puts a nice, well, I don't even want to say a nice face on witchcraft because it shouldn't have to have a nice face because it's just not what it's portrayed to be. Now, granted, I don't know much about witchcraft, but I know you and Mm -hmm. you don't fit that stereotypical mold of a witch. And I know other witches, self-proclaimed witches, same thing. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, maybe in their free time, they're walking through the forest. I'd still walk but, through a forest. Right. It's okay <laughs> if they are. It's just walking through a forest. You don't need to be a witch to walk through a forest. <laughs> so thank you for that explanation. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk past lives. Okay. So your session was at this point when we're recording this in January of 2022, your session, you know, if I'm going to be approximate here, it was 16 months ago, I believe. It's a- Good job. I was about to say it was just shy of 18 months, I'm pretty sure, ago. In September 2020. Yeah. September I'll literally never forget <laughs> the day. It was a good day. I could have said the day. It was the 27th. I remember. <laughs> I'll never forget. Why did you want to have a past life regression? I have been drawn to exploring my past lives for a very, very long time essentially since I I learned of the concept of reincarnation. I have a Gemini Mars, I have a very natural curiosity about me. 
I love gobbling up all the information. So as soon as you give me a subject that sounds interesting, I automatically want to explore it. So if I'm being totally transparent, I wanted to do a past life regression because I thought it would be interesting. Honestly, I thought it would be cool. And, you know, the closer that we got to it, I started realizing, especially in filling out the questions beforehand and stuff like that, I did start realizing, you know, this could have potentially a pretty profound effect on me. I might be able to learn some really significant information here, but I don't think I ever would have been able to really predict how much it was going to expand my awareness how much it was going to deepen my shadow work and really this ultimate giant kind of divine mirror that it puts in front of your face. Really, that's that's really what it felt like for me in a big profound way, like a big divine mirror that got, that's what that experience was, was looking at myself in a whole different kind of truth-filled light, I guess. So yeah, my my initial motivation was pretty purely excited intrigue. I just think that that's so cool. I'm also a huge history nerd. Like I really, really, really love, it's part of the reason um, I really identify as a death witch because part of being a death witch is going back and studying past cultures and people that have passed on long ago. So part of me just was really interested to see which parts of history I was going to be able to kind of see. But it it became so much more. So one thing about your session, I think is a perfect example of what can be deemed a heavy session. Because I often have people ask me, like, what if I see something that I can't unsee? Mm-hmm. What if I see something that will traumatize me? Because it's just, it's so horrific or horrendous. Mm-hmm. Or what if I see myself doing something so horrible that I can never forgive myself? Well, I think your session covered all of those, <laughs> but in more than one way. And we'll touch on that more than one way a little ways down the line because, yeah, that whole spectrum was just covered right now. And I think you are that true representation of someone who was ready to see what you saw because my answer is always going to be, I truly believe you will never be shown what you cannot handle because I've never had someone say to me after the fact that was too much for me to handle. I believe your session could have been something that would be a lot for most people to handle. Probably. I believe it only happened because you could handle it and you were ready to handle it. So I just wanted to put that out there while everyone's listening. Just so when they hear it in the back of their heads, what you're saying right now, that they're not Mm -hmm. completely turned off by the experience, but they understand that it's because you could handle it. And had you not been able to handle it, I do not believe you would have been shown it. I agree. And I, you know, Daniel and I both could point out blatant spots in my in my natal chart that clearly aligned with what we were going to experience and see that day. Like, I think that's a big reason why I was so ready. I mean, I got a lot of heavy stuff. I have, I've experienced just in this life, I've experienced a lot more death on average for somebody my age. Um, And I didn't know that until I had started uh, seeing therapists actually and learned that this was definitely above average amount of 
of death and grief that I have experienced. And, you know, especially, like I said, once I was filling out the questions before the regression, I really started realizing there's going to be some things to uncover here. There's definitely some things to surface, but I do have a pretty stacked 12th, 4th, and 8th house. And I think it was really beneficial. And I would genuinely advise people that are interested in past life regression to have the courage to do the inner work beforehand. Because I had been doing very consciously been doing shadow work for, I mean, at least five years before I met you. Mm -hmm. And I think that that did truly, truly help a lot, really make me feel prepared and strong no matter what. Because when you said that to me, because I'll never forget, you did say that to me, that you'll never be shown anything that you can't handle. And I was pretty in the thick of my astrology studies at that point. And I had read almost that exact sentence about Saturn somewhere else. And so there was so much comfort and reassurance in that sentence when you said that to me, because that is Saturn. And our, that's our karma. Those are our lessons. We'll never be given more than we can handle. And when you really embrace that truth, that means your higher self knows how strong you are right now. Mm-hmm. Hey, even for me in my own sessions, it took me four years until I saw something heavy. Mm. And even that morning before the session, I looked in the mirror and with conviction, I said, I'm ready. There were other times when I thought I was ready. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. But I I wasn't. And -hmm. I think I knew it too. But on that day, I said it and I meant it. And I was I was showing some pretty heavy, pretty heavy past life material, I guess you could say. But still I walked away from it relieved because things started to make more sense at that point. Like, ah, now I get it. Doesn't necessarily make it easier, but I get it now. So now I can work with it. But had I seen that beforehand, I don't think it would have killed me mentally, Mm -hmm. but I think I would have been much more attached to it and maybe not been able to get it out of my head. Whereas when this happened, when I saw that heavy stuff for the first time, I walked away from the session. I said, what am I going to get for dinner? Okay, I'm going to go get a salad. And I got a salad. I don't remember if I actually Mm -hmm. got a salad that day, but you know what I mean. (laughs) Yes. And then I thought about it some more later, but I went on with my life and that was not at the forefront And it didn't detract from anything else I had to do in my life, such as brushing my teeth, doing my laundry, doing other sessions. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I just I wanted to put that little notice out there for everyone first that you will never be shown what you can't handle. And I don't like making absolute statements. You guys know that, that I always go to that side of belief and knowing and that I don't like making absolute statements. But for this one. I will stand by this statement. 99.9999999%. That's how confident I am that you will never be shown what you can't handle. So with that said, Danny, mm-hmm. the good witch, mm-hmm. that witch next door, what came up for you during your session? Or did you want me to factor in the bad witch too? Because when I asked you if you're a good witch or bad witch, you said, well, both. I did like having both, but I okay. it was there still. <laughs> okay, cool. It was there in spirit. Um... Yeah, a lot. So it was funny because, you know, when you were saying that 
I experienced what could what would probably be deemed as a heavy session. It was funny because in my head, right, when you said that, I was like, really? And that's how so much of these themes are for me. Um, and that's why this whole regression was so aligned for me. So the first question I get asked when people ask me if I've ever explored my past lives or had a regression, you know, they always say, did you believe it? Like, did you really believe those were your past lives, right? Like I always get that. Did you think it was real? And yes, from beginning to end, absolutely. I felt like the entire session session and regression was very aligned. Like I, I definitely feel like we walked through scenes of other lives that I've lived. It made a lot of sense because I have achieved a lot of my deepest most heart-centered desires in this life. And for a long time before I met you, I had this inkling, I guess, or intuitive nudge, I guess, that I had been through a lot leading up to this life. And I had worked for these things and I had earned these things that I I, I have. Um, and to let you know what they are, it's my, my family. It's my husband and my daughter. I I wake up every day and I'm so baffled that I'm the young age that I am and I have the ultimate thing I wanted from my youngest stage of innocence in this life was like true real love, true real partnership, true real family, like real love. And I'm so young and I've achieved that and it it was very telling when we went through my lives because if you recall, I spent many, many, many lifetimes alone. I also spent my life in many toxic relationships, both romantically and family. So Daniel and I walked through a life where I was a young boy in the 70s, late 70s, I believe it was, with a very, very abusive stepmother. That was actually a really cool life because that was the first life we walked into and I wasn't really able to, to like detect any significance at the beginning, remember? And I was like, what are we doing here? Like, why am I being shown this? This is boring and I, I couldn't figure it out. And we didn't end up coming back to stepmother, that life in general, till the very, very end. And... That is so parallel to my life. Um, I, again, since I'm a very seasonable, seasonal person, I work so much in cycles, endings and beginnings and beginnings and endings. And so I loved that our session really had that feel to it. We, we ended at the same place that we began. But I went through a life where I spent pretty much entirety of that life alone by myself, um, the life where I was a witch and different one now yeah yeah different one than now still very different, connected different to the, the one now <clears throat> oh yeah different than the life yeah. now no stepmother in which life or at least correct no, no stepmother, stepmother. this was an extremely old life this was very very ancient this was a very long time ago and i had definite and so i was living in a in a time period where 
a woman being a witch and living alone, right? Not having a family, not having a husband or whatever. That was, I was violating pretty much everything you could possibly violate. I was as much of an outcast as you can possibly be. And when Daniel and I saw that life, I was in the middle of doing some very, very deeply protected magic. And I think one of the coolest parts about the whole session was whatever my protection magic and spell I had kind of put over myself in that life. It was so effective that when Daniel and I first entered, I physically couldn't see what I was doing. And I remember being like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's like my hands turn into like a blurry mess. Like I can't, I'm, I'm doing something, but I'm, I'm clouded. I'm shrouded from being able to see it. There's some kind of protection magic here. And the way you're just very gentle, but so confident about it, because it instantly gave me, well, not instantly, but it really did trigger that confidence in me, is you were like, you can, you can allow it. Know that you can see this. Know that you are protected here and safe and that you do have the ability to see this. And it was funny because when you said that instantly, what actually came in my mind was, eh, we'll see. Like, I remember having a little skepticism. I was like, I don't know. I really can't see anything. But I, I did what I set out to do at the beginning of that session, which was trust you. And I was like, okay. And it did. It came clear. And boy, was it clear. It was so, I watched everything that I did. It was very graphic. It was very old <laughs> blood magic. <laughs> yeah. There were, I will spare that. My, you know, my regression with Daniel was, had some images of a horror movie, I would say. Yeah. We, we had some, we had a graphic rating, I would say, for some of the the things that I saw. Um, it was horrific, some of it. Yeah, some of it was really bad. Yeah. And, and I hear so a lot of stuff. So. <laughs> so for you to say that, yeah, exactly. And you know what's really funny, everybody? I didn't, I don't think I cried ever. Did I ever end up crying? Yeah, I definitely yeah. didn't cry in that life. I it, think you, that. Because your, your, your eyeshadow was smeared or something, Oh, right? that's right. I did finally cry. But that was during spirit guide stuff, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I think this, I remember you making some comment about that after. Like, I was thinking whether or not I should wear it. Or, I, I know. Maybe Why I'm did conflating. I wear makeup? That was dumb. Don't wear makeup. It's a very moving experience. You'll probably cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just meant that, like, when we were going through most of those horrific images, I... I oh, you took it like a champ. Yeah, that's... it. Yeah, I just... I was like, Daniel, here's what we're looking at. You're like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're good. You have a very good poker face, poker voice. Like you're very good at not reacting to probably some shocking things that you hear so that you don't like derail people. Because I think that's really important that you don't feel judged while you're going through the experience. It's so important that you don't think someone that's guiding you is like judging the things that you're telling them, right? And so you also took it like a champ because I hit you with some wrenches. That's for sure. Um in this life, when I did this very graphic, graphic magic, I was doing some very, very deep work that I knew would carry out literal lifetimes. And I know, I know and believe in my soul, it was 
for my husband to come back to me in this life, for us to, for this. It was like, this was like the manifestation with my daughter, everything. I don't, I felt it in that moment. I have felt it every day since that regression, that that's what I was doing. And that I knew that I would have to sacrifice in order to achieve that. And a lot of that sacrifice came in the form of experiencing a lot of hardship and having to be alone and having to learn like really truly what it means to become like independent and love yourself and powerful and but humble. And it takes lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes to go through those lessons. And, and yet, especially in this lifetime, we're so immediate gratification, right? We just, we can't even comprehend having that kind of a long game like that. But I know, I know in my heart of hearts that that's what was happening that day. However, you know, I got busted in that life and I was captured by the government of wherever we were. I was captured by soldiers and I was taken to a dungeon and we we flash forwarded there to where I had been being tortured for quite some time. And I was upon my execution date because again, definitely had been violating pretty much everything that you were not supposed to violate. And, you know, as I would encounter people, Daniel would have me really look into their eyes and, and see if I could sense any kind of familiarity. And the nice part about having the Pisces moon in the eighth house that I do is I'm very trusting of like messages and senses and feelings like that, that I get. I can't always explain them verbally, but I, I know when they're, I know them, I guess. And this young soldier had come in to take me to the execution. And Daniel asked me to look in his eyes and see if I had any familiarity. (laughs) And I was like, Again, so matter of fact, the whole time in my attitude and my voice, I was like, oh yeah, it's you. It's you, Daniel. And again, good poker voice because you were still like, really? (laughs) And it turned out all those years and all those lifetimes ago that Daniel did uh, escort me to to my execution that day and literally walked me to the place where I was put to death. And I looked my executioner in the face. Um, I don't mind sharing it. That In that life, it was my father in this life. And so that's, that was a seed, something that I also learned that day that I, I work with now, information that I work with now, I guess is a good way to say that. That's what a lot of it was, was it's not like I had these giant revelations in the moment seeds were planted that day. Lots of them. Lots and lots and lots of seeds were planted that day. And it took some time to like water and nurture them. But like from that life, the biggest takeaway that I had was fearlessness. And I've never experienced fearlessness in this life. I can't, I struggle very strongly with anxiety. And so fear is a huge part of my life. It's just part of my life. And so to have fearlessness specifically around death and torture, to be in the middle of what is quite frankly, most people's worst nightmare and to just sit there and be in the middle of it and just so calmly, like my heart was like 
so calm. I remember just remember having no emotion, not no emotion, but just like, yeah, this is what's happening right now. That was you, Daniel. This is my dad. And now I'm going to die. And I know that this is part of what has to happen now. And I, I don't know how else to describe it. But being able to experience a state of being, a state of mind that you've never experienced in this life, uh, it, that's, it, it transformed everything for me. It really did. It really, really did. It was such a chord strike. Uh, I could go all day about my session. What do you want me to tell you? <laughs> I want to challenge you on something. Mm-hmm. You may be fearless, but I don't believe that you were fully embracing your power. I think when? you are. When I met you, I think Correct. you are now. So I think that you may have been fearless, but still not fully leaning into everything because you weren't fully embracing oh, all yeah. that you are. And what I thought was really cool during your session was I don't remember you being quite at ease when you were going through that death. I remember you being empowered. I remember oh, I you being very empowered by going down like this and being like, these men can't take me down. Sure, they can kill me, but they can't really kill me. I've got this. Like, they're just a bunch of little pansies. Like, that was kind <laughs> of, that was the feeling that I was getting from it. And that you were very level-headed, but very empowered. I think it was cool because in the time since your session, like, you were not the same Danny that I met. Mm-mm. it's I mean I wouldn't say it's 180 degrees but it, it's it's somewhere in there you mm-hmm. have radically transformed and there's a different glow to you now it was so cool to see that empowered woman in that life because I think that what you experienced could be the very definition of a witch wound or the possibility for it yeah can you describe the witch wound really quick for everyone before I go on I think it's probably better coming from you than it is from me I mean what that sounds like to me is a wound in another life that can really have a profound effect on how you practice spirituality, particularly witchcraft in this life. I think that it's where a lot, a lot of our stigma around the word and image of a witch comes from. There are many wounds there for many people on both sides, I think. Um, people that were practicing witches in other lives and people that were not, but got persecuted as them. Um, the people that were doing the persecuting, they will also have a witch wound, I believe, because that's my understanding of it is, is some kind of scenario situation in another life that the way it translates in this life is uh, usually some kind of fear around witchcraft, spirituality, et cetera. And I bring that up because it was very different for me to see someone not fearing death in the face of imminent death in that particular situation of knowing that you're either going to be burned or just have your head chopped off. Cooler heads really prevailed for you in that situation. Because what I encounter most often with clients now is a fear of embracing these parts of themselves because of the witch wound from a past life mm. where there was just fear taking over. And so I bring this up because I don't think this only applies to witches or spiritual people. I think it goes across the board for facing fears in general. 
and facing discomfort that if we don't address them in this life, then they're going to carry over into mm-hmm. future incarnations. So for you, and please correct me if I'm wrong here, was there ever any hesitation in really embracing your witch side? During the regression or in this life? In this life. Nope. So nope. it was just an easy, seamless transition that you didn't mm-hmm. have to face that uphill battle of, well, what's everyone going to think? This and that. I, don't, I shouldn't do it. I shouldn't embrace my power because of this and that and this and that. And you just, you dove in. Um, I kept it private. I will say that I definitely still. So especially with all that Scorpio energy that I have, I don't have a hard time embracing what's aligned and authentic to me. That is Mm -hmm. easy. It always has been. And I was always like the weirdo. And so I'm used to that part. I stopped sharing myself. I stopped sharing parts of my life. I closed myself off. That's what happens to me. So I guess in some ways, yes, I did experience the witch wound in that way. I thought I thought you meant more of like embracing the title because that part was never hard in a public sense or to my family. Uh-huh. Yeah, lots. It was really, really, there was a lot of challenge around that because most people have spiritual wounds. Let's be honest. Most mm-hmm. people have spiritual wounds. I would potentially say all people, but I'm very much the same as you, Daniel, and I do not enjoy speaking in absolutes. But I would say the greater vast majority of people have spiritual wounds of some kind. And so, especially if you live in this generation, if you've lived post, you know, the past couple thousand years, <laughs> there's spiritual wounds in your lineage somewhere, I'm sure. And so, yeah, yeah, there was a lot. I was raised Catholic. This is how I always describe it. I was raised accidentally on Catholic guilt while also trying to be taught to let go of it. So my parents were really trying to teach me freedom of religion and, and like teach me freedom of spirituality, but they had their own wounds and inadvertently passed on a lot of spiritual gaslighting and, and guilt. So the moment that I finally did feel comfortable sharing it, I was, I unfortunately was met with pretty much everything I was worried people would say. And luckily I, I kept doing it anyways. Um, I just kind of made my own, I, I found my way to the community and made my own community here. And I will say that especially that life There was more than one life that Daniel and I saw that I was a practitioner of magic. And honestly, even in the second one where I was a witch, it brought me so much validation. If I could be honest, I knew I had these past connections and parts of myself. I knew I was rooted in magic. I knew that. And it felt so validating to see that. That's what it, and and I guess that's really where Yeah, after the session where I really started granting myself so much more permission to just be like, I go full force with the witch thing, for example. Like if you look at my branding, if you look at my name anywhere, like I tell you I'm a witch as much as possible. Like most people, when they ask me what I do, like a stranger, if they ask me what I do for a living, I tell them I'm a professional witch. Mm -hmm. I really, I try to use that word as much as possible now especially after seeing those lives, it feels like one of the most pure forms of myself. So still for everyone listening, when I met Danny, she was still that witch next door. So that didn't mm-hmm. happen after the session. So she was already... Mm-hmm. I was yeah. a practicing witch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Yeah, I've been practicing for over seven years intentionally. 
Um, and then it was it was funny because when I very first started studying, I have been accidentally practicing witchcraft for a very long time. A very, very long time. There's all kinds of things I used to do that I was like, oh, I had no idea that's what that was. And most of us are very spiritually in tune. Mm -hmm. We are just really taught to dim and shame those qualities as much as possible from a very young age. Um, we're taught to to kill our sense and appreciation of magic and imagination as, I mean, almost fucking immediately. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because we don't want to think for ourselves, right? And yeah, do things exactly. that are outside of the norm. God forbid you have That's, an imagination yeah. and a, a childlike, pure sense of the world, because then exactly you would be able to so much easier to say yes and no to things that are aligned and not aligned. Mm -hmm. And just to clarify what I was saying earlier about fully embracing it, I totally hear what you're saying about not going out publicly as a witch. Oh, yeah. Still, I'm working on my communication, so I'm glad this came up. So I know that I need to be more precise with my terminology. <laughs> but when we look at charts, mm -hmm. there are certain indications of placements in charts that may nudge you in the direction of, hey, this person may have some intuitive gifts or this yeah. person may yeah. be this or that or this or that. So what I run into a lot is seeing these charts where oh, there's more than one placement where there's an indication of this. And while I'm talking to the person, just being, I want to say fully well aware, but where I'm getting that intuitive hit of, oh, they're suppressing this. Mm -hmm. There's a gift there, but they're not letting it come out. So yeah, that's, I think the direction that I was going in more so was that you embrace the gift, yeah, but just didn't do it publicly, which still, that's fine. And, and that doesn't take away from the people who aren't embracing the gifts right now. That's okay. They're there. I encourage you to embrace them. Take your time with them let those gifts cultivate over years if need be. Like it doesn't need to be something that happens immediately. But there are so many people out there who I encounter who are not going for it. Mm -hmm. And still, that's okay. But then you usually see that it's because they were killed in a past life for embracing those gifts and that they went down in fear. They went down screaming. So face those fears as uncomfortable as they may be face those fears everyone it's okay if it takes you time but you don't want to kick that can down the road because that's so fascinating it'll just have to be in a future incarnation that's what i believe i firmly believe that the vast majority of our to use lack of a more specific word problems as individuals and collectively stems from ultimately i think you can draw everything back to our fear of death I've been playing around with this theory for probably six years now because my husband has this really fun interview question that he asks people, which is what's one book, one movie, and one musical album that if you could have it implemented to be taught in schools, what would each of them be and why? It's one of my favorite questions in the world. Hmm. And my answer to the book was Pet Cemetery" by Stephen King. Because I think it is such an underrated but freaking relevant example of what I think almost every single human being would do faced in that situation. So I won't scare everybody since it's a horror book, but if you've never watched or read Pet Cemetery, essentially a child dies and they have the ability 
to bring the child back to life, knowing that it's not a real life, knowing that this is an act against nature and that you're going to bring some inhuman soulless thing back, back to earth. Okay. And sure enough, they, they still make the choice to do that. And that's where the horror movie begins, obviously. But I really, really believe when I had to think about this, I started, my mind started going crazy. And I, I really believe that almost every action we take in life, the good and the bad, comes from our emotions, I should at least say, around death. And most often that is a fear. It really is more often than not a fear. I am 100% somebody who subscribes to this. I am not above this fear of death. I. It's something that I very, very specifically am confronted with in this life. It's the source of most of my anxieties. I, I work on this in therapy. It's a reason that I signed on to be a death witch. It was, it's part of my shadow work and in, in facing my fears, which I think that I, just to give you a timeline understanding, I believe I started identifying as a death witch and working with Hades and Pluto. That would have been Oh, it was almost exactly a year before the regression. It was October 2019. Um, So that's how long I had been kind of in these deep themes surrounding my relationship with death and then the collective relationship with death. When you start studying how different cultures treat their dead and their memorial services and burial rites and all these different things, you start really opening up to the understanding that because death is this very purposeful mystery that we are not supposed to completely understand. That's okay. We're not supposed to completely understand it. There's a trust that goes into that. And that's what's scary. I think, I really, really think that's why something like a past life regression is so powerful because name another safe scenario that you can, again, safely being the key here, face that fear of death. I was laying in my bed. You know what I mean? Like I was able, I was in meditation, basically. I was able to really safely, but very vividly experience that and face that head on. And, and that's why I think it was so absolutely life-changing for me because I believe that every single one of us has this deep, deep-seated fear of death because of the amount of wounds that have come from it in other lives. Mm-hmm. And we have a lack of ability to like face that fear safely. And something like past life regression, I really think is such an effective tool for facing big, dangerous, if you will, fears. And I agree, it will only happen when you're ready still. Don't get me wrong. Cheers. You know, you brought up earlier that I walked you to your death, which mm-hmm. I apologize for. And you said, no, 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 Daniel, that's okay. You were just following orders. <laughs> you uh, were. You were sad about it. What I think is really cool is I walked you to your death in one life. Like, I, I still think about this all the time. I walked you to your death in one life. And then in this life, we got to revisit that. And I was able to be in a position where I could help facilitate a space for you to release what was carried over from that life. And I think it's, I think poetic is the word. I agree. It's just, that's poetry right there. And it's so cool. And I think it's so cool the way that the world works. And yeah, I did a bad thing in that life. Still, I was following orders. I've done bad things in other lives, things that I'm not proud of. Heck, I've done things in this life that I'm not proud of. 
But especially for those other lives, I don't need to hold on to the actions of those people. They were me, but they weren't me. I don't need to hold on to that anymore. I can look at it as how cool is it that I got to balance that out by meeting up with you in this life. And I don't want to say wiping the slate clean, but just balancing it out more. And same thing with the other lives. There's a part of me that believes that any person who I help facilitate a space for a past life regression is someone who I may have hurt in a past life. And this is just balancing out that karma. I don't want to look at it that way necessarily still. (laughs) But if that's the way it is, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool that the universe may work that way. And with regards to you recognizing your father from this life as the one who was your executioner in that life. Mm-hmm. Well, first off, poetry. Mm-hmm. That thou who take life from thee, or is it thee or thou? I don't know. Shakespeare's never my thing. <laughs> Let's just stick with thou for right now. Thou who take life from thee in past incarnation e, thou now bestow life to thee. So takes your life then, gives you life now. But when you're sitting across the table having dinner with your father, you're not sitting across the table from your executioner. You're no. sitting across the table from your father. Yes. That's all he is. He's your father. Mm-hmm. It never clouded my perception of other people or made me angry or resentful. I would hope, I would at least have the hope that if you go into a past life regression that you could be open-minded enough to not do that. Mm-hmm. We are only human, so I I do understand. Because it is big, heavy stuff, potentially. But yeah, no, never for one moment did it change my perception of somebody in this life with any of the people that I saw. Mm -hmm. And had it possibly had that effect on you, I don't believe you would have been shown it. Or I believe you just wouldn't wouldn't have have recognized who that person was. So, I mean, again, I think that goes hand in hand with I only believe that you will be shown what you can handle which i think is great that our higher selves know they just they know us they know what we can handle oh absolutely and yeah it may be a little uncomfortable sometimes but you can still handle it since that session i had a couple years ago where i saw that heavy stuff i've seen heavier stuff since then i've seen some very very heavy stuff stuff that i'll tell you about off air (laughs) uncomfortable to watch yeah Mm mm-hmm but I get it. I understand it. And I've continued to make myself dinner after those sessions or go out and get some frozen yogurt, whatever right. it may be. Of course, the Taurus is the one who's bringing up food is the thing to you know, come <laughs> Well, up getting back to real life. Where my mind goes Taurus. right away. Yeah, exactly. What am I going to have for dinner tonight? <laughs> What's my comfort food going to be after this experience? <laughs> That'll help smooth it over. That massacre that I just witnessed. Uh, (laughs) but it's beautiful the way things work out I just I think the universe is so cool and if this is really the way that it works out and that it's not just some grand illusion that I've created the way I think it is maybe this is just the way I'm being philosophical about it but maybe it isn't maybe it is cool that I get to walk you to well that's part's not cool that I walked you to death but maybe it's cool (laughs) that I walked you to death in a past life and then we meet up again and everything is cool Do you know why that's cool? Everybody, everyone in the back, can you hear me? The reason that's cool is it because it means you can always come back. You can always do better. Always, always. Mm -hmm. 
I think that sometimes, especially with Jupiter and Pisces, right now while we're recording this, we're going to be entering more and more Pisces territory in these coming months um, from the time that Daniel and I are recording this. And I, I really do think that one of the biggest, most helpful reminders you can have to help stay out of that dark martyrdom victim place, like I'm trapped, I could never get out, I can't, you know what I mean? I can't do it, I I can't achieve it, or I'm not good enough, or everything's out like against me. I really believe that the universe inherently has our back because I think that it is the nature of life to want to continue, number one. And that drive, that continuum in and of itself means that it's never too late. You can always keep, you know what I mean? Like, or I guess I should say, that's a really easy way to like spot toxic past life information is getting really wrapped up in in like guilt or unnecessary emotions that really block you from expanding your perception from witnessing that experience. That's what it's for. To me, it was, there was lots of stuff that, you know, people did to me in those lives or things that I did that I wasn't proud of. And it still gives me motivation to want to keep doing the work for myself, for the collective. You know what I mean? Like, that's why you don't have to be afraid, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. What if I see something bad that I did? Then you'll see something bad that you did. Just like the memory you have in this life of something bad that you did. And that that also still doesn't define you. You get to continue defining yourself every single day in your actions. Cheers. <laughs> I like these. Clink. We'll Clink. bring champagne next time. <laughs> you know, in closing this out right now, I want to do a pitch for Danny. This is usually when I would... Uh, getting tongue-tied here this is usually when i'd open up the floor to say so danny just tell it for a little bit about but what you offer i'm going to give you that opportunity in a second but <laughs> first i just want to say that the growth that i've seen in you in the last 16 17 18 months whatever it may be is just it's tremendous I recorded an episode for your podcast, what was it, like two or three months ago, which mm-hmm. just released today. Awesome to listen to it right before. It's really, I love <laughs> it. it. Oh man, it was such a fun episode because we talked about all the time stuff. Oh, so cool. Speaking it's of which. perfect yeah. for all of this. Yes. I'm going to put you on the spot right now. I want you to come back and do another episode, but we're going to talk about Yay! the time concepts because that was such a fun conversation. I know. But even in the time since we recorded that episode a few months ago. You're still glowing a different shade of Danny right now. And you, in my eyes, are the true embodiment still of someone who is talking the talk and walking the walk. And I personally know a client of mine who works with you now and just thinks the world of you. And I feel like there are others. I'm not sure if they've worked with you or if they follow your account now and listen to your podcast. Because I've heard other great things about Danny That Witch next door. Or that witch <laughs> podcast. <laughs> and so hearing the feedback from them makes me feel that much more confident in saying, work with you. Work with Danny. She's the real deal. This show that she's putting on right now, it's not a show. It's authentic. This is really Danny. And I think authenticity is just something that's so, so rare to come across. And you're the real deal. So 
I would stake my reputation on you being you and that I have full trust in you being able to help people. So with all that said, Daddy, what are some of your offerings? How can people work with you? Daniel, all those so kind. Thank you. Don't make me cry on your show. Sheesh. <laughs> are you wearing eyeshadow or mascara? <laughs> yes. Of course I am. I you know I see people with stained that. mascara all the time. <laughs> yeah. You're probably very, very, very used to emotions. Yeah. We both come across that in both of our industries. Well, Someone isn't crying. I feel like I'm not doing something right. <laughs> I I'm totally kid- I'm kidding, get I'm that. Kidding, no, no, but in a way, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, <clears throat> not in this like malicious way. It's just when you know you're hitting home, <clears throat> when you know you're saying something that means something and triggering somebody, someone's like the big revelations when you're triggering the big revelations, basically. Um, no, and I we also welcome- like, hmm? I was going to say, no, we welcome lots of tears in our safe spaces still. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. These aren't bad tears. My favorite line to deliver is when someone says to me, I'm so sorry. I don't know why this is happening. Like I never cry. It's just my face. People cry when they look at me. <laughs> People just uh, want to cry when they look at me. You always have the one liners and it's something I really appreciate. about you. Aww. <laughs> um, the way that you can work with me. So um, I also, as you've heard, I have a podcast. I would absolutely love it if you would give it a listen. It's called That Witch Podcast, and it's available on all of your same, the same exact app you're listening to this on right now. Um, I also offer one-on-one mentoring services. So I incorporate my knowledge of spirituality, witchcraft, and astrology, and I work with people one-on-one in business mentoring, in just life develop life and personal development, as well as um, I also started doing specifically podcast consultation services because I love helping people grow. This is one of my favorite platforms. I think that podcasting is just so powerful. I think it's such an amazing thing to be a part of. Um, also, so congratulations because offer- you are on the top 100 for spiritual podcasts. Oh, thank you A little you higher so than the top much. 100. You're you were I was in the 70s the last yeah. time I checked. I was very was proud of cool. that number. That was really cool. That was really really cool. Um I also am launching a witch school in spring 2022. And so that is going to be an online monthly membership that is totally totally stacked with all kinds of spiritual uh education from astrology, divination, tarot, witchcraft, manifestation, and how to actually incorporate that into your real life, your real business for alignment and success and growth. And then I also have a really, really incredible mentorship program. I only work with two, max three mentorship clients at any given time to make sure that I really, really devote my complete and full energy to them. Um, But this is a full three-month container where I'm working one-on-one in biweekly sessions as well as full-time Slack support. It's, It's kind of like taking that astrological session and extending it out over three months for, for total growth and, and transformation. So I love what I do. I love the people that I work with. I love working with practitioners of whether it's witchcraft, manifestation, anybody that cares about living with mindfulness, 
and intention and is ready to show up and do the work. That's that's what I love to do. So um, you can find me on Instagram at thatwitch.nextdoor. And then you can always shoot me an email or hit me up on my website, thatwitchnextdoor.com, where all of this is listed. I'm sorry, I was listening to all that. But when I mentioned frozen yogurt earlier, it just got me thinking about frozen yogurt. So I heard what you said, but then my mind was also thinking about frozen yogurt. Uh, (laughs) Thank you for being here. This is a great episode. (laughs) Thanks, Daniel. Thank you, Danny. (laughs) And yeah, can't wait to have you on again. Yay. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Daniel. Hey, time traveler. Are you trying to learn your birth chart and you're struggling through all those confusing layers of signs, houses, planets, degrees, aspects? I have a four-level self-paced course that makes this process so much clearer. Hi, I'm Danny. I'm that witch next door. I'm an instructor and mentor for folks like you that are trying to learn all of this trendy new astrological information for themselves and their own lives. Each level of my course is specifically designed to dive deep into the chart and help make sense of all those different parts and pieces. I developed this course to directly improve all the problems that I personally encountered on my journey to learning my own birth chart so that you don't have to. All of the information is presented in a way that is digestible and set up to promote the most effective retention and set you up for real success. By the end of our last level, you'll be ready to practice interpreting the transits and the aspects for yourself. You can visit thatwitchnextdoor.com slash astrology for more information and to order yours today. You can also use code time to learn for a 10% discount off of your bundle today. This is my way of saying thank you so much for being part of the Timeless Spirituality community. I enjoy working with all of you so much that listen to me over on That Witch Podcast. So don't forget, if you're struggling to learn your birth chart, you want to finally make sense of all of this, visit thatwitchnextdoor.com slash astrology and use code time to learn for 10% off at checkout. Thank you so much, time traveler. Thank you, Daniel, the past life regressionist. And I'll see you all in class. Fellow time travelers, your journey through time awaits you. Just want to thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. And if you're interested in discovering who, when, and where you have been throughout time, and you'd like to book a session with me, just go ahead and send me a message on Instagram at the Past Life Regressionist, or you can reach me through my website, yourpastliferegressionist.com.